0: turning around
1: pushing it...
2: the lord saying not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord this morning we come on an incredible day a celebration of our pastor and the heart that god has given our pastor but i just believe right here right now at the beginning god wants to touch us and speak to us how many came this morning to experience a risen savior this morning i came to lift him up would you put your hands together and celebrate his presence honor his presence so thankful that we're in his holy presence this morning. We're so thankful that each and every one of you are here today. We have dedicated this day to honor our pastor. I believe with all of my heart that if we want our pastors to be great, when we honor them, it enables them to be great. It strengthens them. It encourages them. It lets them know That God is doing something through the ministry that that he's called them to. And so we're thankful for each and every one of you that are here today to celebrate with us. If you're visiting today, we believe you're home. We believe that you found a church that loves you, that cares about the presence of God, where God can move and minister to you. And so we're thankful for that. Would you help me this morning? We're going to do this a few times. But if you love your pastor, would you just clap your hands and appreciate him? Thankful for him, thankful to God for him. Amen. Amen. I picked out that flower that's on his uh, jacket. Actually, I didn't, but uh, but anyway, we're so glad that you're here today. We want to remind you that there'll be a um, afterwards. There'll be a a. a a meeting in the gym to honor Pastor and to to uh, talk to him and spend time with him, and then tonight's service will be. Uh, we won't have service tonight here. You can enjoy your families and spend time there. So, with that being said, uh, would you get out in the aisles this morning and welcome one another into God's house?
3: We praise you, Lord.
0: Every praise is to our God. Every word of of worship in what I go. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of of worship is one.
3: verse one more already
4: this morning and thank you for his presence and his touch thank you Lord for this day thank you God for your healing power thank you for the faith of your children Lord thank you for your presence today thank you Lord Jesus we want to we're going to pray for Israel at this time but I wanted to also ask you to continue to pray for the uh, Warren Ellis family he went home to be with the Lord this week and betty's here this morning and some of her family and we know she's uh, dependent on god and she's got a lot of faith god bless you betty thank you for being here with us today honey and we know the church will continue to pray when your loved ones go home to be with the lord it still leaves your heart lonely so let's hold her up in prayer and let's go to the lord for israel at this time all over the building let's pray for the nation of israel Thank you, Father, today for your presence. You're so real to us this morning here in this as we gather together to worship you. And we honor you today, Lord. We thank you because you know how to watch over us. And we come to you on behalf of the nation of Israel. Lord, they're the ones that you loved so much and you kept them as the apple of your eye. And Lord, we know that not only do you love them, but you love everyone that's here this morning. And we've come in agreement, Lord, that you will put your hand upon this nation and protect them. Lord, you do it however you see fit. Your word says that you are over armies of angels. So not just one angel, but God, you can send armies of angels to protect that country and keep them safe from all their hostile neighbors. Oh Lord, we just put them in your hands today pray that a mighty revival would break out in their midst Lord Jesus and that you would bring them peace you ask us God to pray that they would have peace and we agree for that today and we thank you for hearing our petitions in Jesus name thank you Lord God bless you you may be seated
5: This time we're going to turn it over to Kevin Kasky and our church council. They have a special presentation for our pastor this morning.
6: Pastor, right? Scripture tells us to give honor to who honor honor is due. And you definitely deserve the honor today for all your hard work. Your your leadership, your heart, your dedication yeah. and from the church and from the council we want to give you this gift today. Yeah.
7: said to myself I said after eight years they're probably ready to (laughs) spend it's an unbelievable honor I feel as if I've been given a dream and I I'm living out a dream every single day when I first walked into this church 34 years ago as a teenager I would have never guessed when I slipped in on the back row at Harlem Park that one day I would be the pastor of this church. I remember looking up at the stage and thinking about Brother Sargent at the time and the youth pastor and the assistant pastor who was Ron Medley. Stan Holder was the youth pastor. And I remember one Sunday night looking at them up on stage and I said, Man, they have got the most perfect job in the whole world. I told Stan about that and it was several years later. He said, yeah, look at you. He said, you took the youth pastor's job. Then you took the assistant pastor's job. Then you took the pastor's job. He said, Bill, oh, you meant that, didn't you? <laughs> I could not be more honored today to stand before you and be your pastor. Among other pastors and leaders and workers and directors. And while the Bible is right, and I remember I told someone this morning that for 26 years, I loved today. I loved it. I helped plan. I helped decorate. I helped put it together. One time, we, we got together, and we sent the Watkins on a big old trip, and I decorated the entire fellowship hall in Hawaiian Luau. You know, I, I was just so excited. For 26 years, this was a great day. This morning, I woke up, and I was like, oh, no. Just filled with dread on the inside, but at the same time, thankful, because you continually make me cry, and you bless me. And we just love each other. And that's what I love about today. You can't ever be upset about people just loving you. And so for all of you, you know, the 99% of you that love me, I thank you and I honor you, but I also, I'm smart. And Liz, I realize that I, it's not the Lone Ranger up here. I realize that I have a lot of help and a lot of people. I call them the dream team people that help make this happen I want first of all I want my full-time staff right up here real quick come on up here real quick the full-timers I want you up here right behind me and then I want all the other pastors if you're a pastor over a ministry area I want you to just stand right where you are and come right stand right here on the front would you do that real quick just come keep playing (laughs) thank you you need mood music (laughs) I want to say to each one of you, I love you, you're my best friends, have a wonderful time, we have a great time. We do ministry, the jail ministry, you know, there he is, Russ, I heard that y'all had over 19 saved over the weekend, awesome. And we have our children's workers in the back and our nursery workers in the back, and they're not out here, but we wanna appreciate them. Bob Napier, who's head of our ushers, thank you, Bob. And all of you pastors over discipleship, senior adults, our adults and families. If you're over the health cabinet and you're over celebrate recovery, and I'm calling them all, Encounter Ministries and everything you guys do because you've got the full portfolio. The ladies that work in the office, Janelle Dooley, stand up, Janelle. Missy Osborne, wherever you are, Missy. And where on earth would we be without mom Judy? Judy Trent. Judy, stand up. We love you. What's really awesome is we love each other. I mean, I remember way, way, way back when there wasn't unity always in the staff and we went through a difficult season in the 80s because of that, but I'm here to tell you, we, we love each other. Brian, is Esperanza, Dios le bendiga. <laughs> we absolutely, we're best friends. We get along, we laugh, we go on burger challenges. <laughs> We have a great time. I can't imagine it being any more fun to work at Stratford Heights and to be with these people. But most of all, I'm thankful for the scripture that the Lord called me to. Because when I fought him for six months and I said, no, I can't do that. I Pulled out a promise that said Zechariah four and six, for it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. If there's any good report, if there's anything good to say, If there's anything at all that's noteworthy, it's because of the King of all Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. We love him. We honor him. And he is what makes the church a church built on a man, a church built on people. A church built on ministry is not a church like the Bible describes, but a church that has been built upon the rock, Christ Jesus. That's a church that pleases the Lord. Amen amen God bless you thank you so much I honor you today and I thank you because we got one awesome great church I want to thank all the folks who came out today one of our sons in ministry Brad and Stephanie Reffitt who pastor at City Movement in Dayton stand up guys we honor you when you come home (laughs) Tiffany and Brian are here my kids I helped raise them and now they're part of the family. I love them very much. I'm so glad they're here today. And my dad, I love my dad. I want dad stand up. I want them to just see you. That's my dad. So if you like anything, you can blame him. If you don't like anything, you can still blame him. <laughs> he raised me, but God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a beautiful crowd and you're beautiful people. Thank you to the 830 crowd who came out to the 1040 service today. God bless you. Thanks guys.
5: As pastor said, we have a, an awesome church, wonderful church. You have a good heart. love the Lord and that's the first thing I felt when I started coming to this church was the love for God and you demonstrate your love for him in no better place than in your giving this church gives and it gives like I've not really seen before a lot of you may not know but the church here does something that's a little crazy to a lot of people and our offering which is what we get above and beyond the tithes is usually sent out to the mission fields. And we support missionaries throughout the world. We meet needs of the homeless and those that are going through difficult seasons. And it's wonderful to hear the testimonies and to see how the Lord's working in their lives and and what he's doing. But what touches me more is to hear how those missionaries and people open their hearts how appreciative they are for the support and the love that they feel, just to feel that they're part of something, that they're connected to something, that they're not in this battle alone. Because it gets tiring, it gets weary to be on the front line. The enemy wants to destroy the church and he's gonna go after the head. You might think, what are we doing here today? What what is all this? Why are we honoring someone? Well, I can tell you from firsthand, being a pastor is not an easy job. I would venture to say it's probably one of the most difficult callings, if not the most difficult in the world. You're up many sleepless nights. You're wondering, am I doing enough? Have I said the right thing? Am I making a difference? Lord, am I representing you the right way? It's a difficult job. But someone has to do it and God's called specific people to do it i don't know if you read in the old testament about Moses mighty man of God mighty man of God God used him in a in a big way there was a very important battle and he was on the top of a of a hill and as long as he held up the staff of God the army of Israel had the victory but there became a time where he was growing tired and he was growing weary and the staff started to come down just a little bit And the enemy started to win the battle. But along came two men, Aaron and Hur. And they got on both sides of Moses and they supported him. And they lifted his arm up and Israel won the victory. You see, Moses needed somebody to help him in his time of need when he was tired. He just needed somebody to come alongside and give him a little bit of lifting up. Today is about lifting up our pastor. He's human. He gets tired. Thoughts come to his mind just like they would any other pastor. Am I doing enough? Am I making the right decisions? Am I making an impact on people's lives? And most of all, when I'm behind this pulpit, do they see me or do they see God? And the enemy puts things in their mind and these thoughts, you know, well, maybe I I need to step away. Maybe I need to do something else. But we're here to tell you today, Pastor, we're with you. We're going to help you lift up that staff and we're going to see the victory. Don't listen to the enemy. You're the man that's called for this time and we're with you. And we love you. We're united, united we stand, divided we fall. So today is a special offering. Again, this isn't something I need to tell you because you are so good at showing how you love people through your giving. Last thing I heard, I think we met the need of the Tote Ministry, the 500 children in, here in Middletown. But today It's not about meeting a need as much as it is sending a message to our pastor. Let him know that we love him, that we're with him. He's not alone. And we're going to see this thing through because we are a last day church. Planted on a hill in Middletown. Holding up the staff of God, the name above all names. So let's pray. Let's pray. For one that God continues to use this church that he continues to anoint the man that he's called to lead this church and that most of all we continue to see souls saved, the people coming to the knowledge of Christ amen Lord, we're so very thankful to be here in this place Lord it's easy to to take granted the specialness of this place and and how you've worked for over 100 years to bring us to where we are lord and First and foremost, we've come to honor you, Lord, to lift your name up and to glorify you. Lord, but also we ask that you would bless our pastor, Lord, that you would lift him up, that you would strengthen him, Lord, and that you would let him know that we're with him. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask a special anointing over him. We pray for the offering this morning, Lord, and that it would continue to meet the needs of this church. And also they would bring rest and refreshing to our pastor in the name of jesus we pray amen now the phillips family
1: the bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy and the joy of the lord is our strength sometimes we get on we get stuck in our own strength and, and we start flipping, flopping like a like a fish out of water. And that's the way the Lord's always showed me. He'll sometimes pick me up and take me out of the fishbowl and place me and let me flop around and say, This is you without me. And I'm crying out for his strength. And then he picks me up and puts me back in the bowl. And he says, This is you in my presence and my strength. It's in him that we live, move, and have our being There is something about praising God. And when we get into His presence and we begin to breathe in that breath of life and receive that strength, the things that seem so monumental shrink down to nothing. There is something about when we open our mouth to praise that the enemy has to shut up. So this morning, we're going to shut them up. We're going to give praise and receive that strength in the name of Jesus.
0: give hope you restore every hope
9: you would all stand with me one time let's give it up for the presence of the Lord in the house today God we honor you we bless you we praise you God we thank you Lord for your move and for your work we honor you and bless you I just wanted to honor the Lord for a second you can grab a seat pastor I think it's no greater blessing and a testimony to you as our pastor, that God's presence would show up here today. That's the best person we could bring in, the best guest we could bring in. I believe we've honored him and and through honoring you. The pastor has a very special guest that's here for the first time he wants to introduce to you. Amen. Now listen here.
7: You gotta like Diet Coke with lime, okay? Australia is second to America. From the best places to visit. Ladies and gentlemen, this on today is such a special day to be able to do this. But this is my little great nephew. His name is Zechariah Ray Johnson. Now, the fact that his daddy's middle name is Ray, too, doesn't have nothing to do with it. I'm naming, I'm in the name. But he, this is his very first Sunday here at his church, and uh, thank you for making him feel welcome. But very special to me on Pastor Appreciation Day to be able to introduce him to you.
10: Amen.
9: We do want you to know, very. Uh, very special day today here not only is it pastor appreciation but as soon as we're done here today our young people are headed off to teen talent they literally as soon as we get done they will be taking off and we're going to be having special prayer for them as uh, the service unfolds a day like today there's a lot of different things we could say and a lot of different ways we could go and I've kind of had this in my mind Uh, it's kind of a principle that I think about and, and I try to live by and it simply says this if you want something to be important, treat it important. If you want other people to see it and, and feel like that is very important, you treat it like it's important. If you don't treat something like it's important, people will be like, ah, whatever. But I want today to show how important our pastor is. And we could say a million different things and probably not say enough, but I, I want us to show how important he is by our words and by our actions about what we do here today. We could. We could spend a million dollars and pour out this, pull out all the stops and i don't know if we would say enough but we have some special guests we want to share with you our discipleship pastor mo Graal, will be coming in just a second she's kind of representing leadership that's come up under the pastor and also uh andrew and nicole Locke will be coming to speak after her and they kind of represent the congregation then marty Tackett will be finishing us up and uh, he represents family and uh, the Word of God he'll be bringing today. I just want to say this real quick, kind of in a nutshell, what the pastor means to me and uh, the kind of person that he is. Years ago, back in the late 90s, I was on youth council that we had in the youth group with him. We were in a a meeting in the gym. We were sitting around a table and he he was praying over us and praying over the youth ministry and different things. And it came to me and he, he said, I pray that you would bless him in reference to me, he said, I pray that you would bless him not only because he works here and he, he's so dedicated and whatever, but he said, I pray that you just bless him as a, as a man, just bless him as a young man that's trying to make his way in life. And that spoke to me so much because what he was saying is, I, I want you to be blessed just because I love you, I want to serve you, I want to take care of you. I'm not looking for you to be blessed so you can bless me. That's the kind of selfless heart that our pastor has and the way he gives and the way that he loves and the way that he serves. He's such a, such a wonderful man. It's so important to all of us. Thank you, pastor. Thank you for leadership that started those 34 years ago to what's happening today, to the huge things that are coming in our future. Amen. Amen. i know the thoughts i know the conversations that we've had we know about things that maybe not everybody knows about big plans and things that are unfolding for our church and it's awesome that god is raising up a man with the heart like he has blessing him and using using him to lead us so important so valuable but we want to give the micro to some other people i made a joke earlier that if i talk too long lenny kind of made this joke if anybody talks too long we're going to start playing the music like at the oscars so I'm going to beat the I'm going to beat the uh, piano
8: good morning it's a great day when pastor Richard asked me to speak today I immediately thought how can I possibly sum up 25 years worth of memories and insights in just a few minutes even now a bead of sweat is forming on his brow he's anxiously wondering what I'm going to share (laughs) rest assured I will refrain from sharing some of my favorite stories, like the time you gave your heart to the Lord on July 2nd, 1981 at Herr Arena. I'll leave that one for you to share. I'm sure they haven't heard it before. In all seriousness, I am deeply honored to get the privilege to publicly share my experiences and thoughts from the many years I've known Pastor Ray. But instead of sharing those in the time that I have, I want to focus on the essentials of what makes Pastor Ray a great man of God and an outstanding pastor. They say character is who you are when no one else is looking. He himself have quoted that many times before. But if I could sum up what I love most about Pastor Ray and what sets him apart as a godly example to us is his wonderful heart. His heart to love God and his heart to love people. I found this quote that I believe depicts that character and that drive for love. That thing you do after your day job, in your free time, too early in the morning, too late at night, that thing you read about, write about, think about, in fact, fantasize about, that thing you do when you're all alone and there's no one to impress, nothing to prove, no money to be made, simply a passion to pursue. That's it. That's your thing. That's your heart, your guide. That's the thing you must, must do. Within five minute conversation with pastor, you will immediately know what he is passionate about. He never does anything halfway or half-hearted. He's all in. He shared in a leadership class not long ago that his greatest desire is to please God. It's evident his profound love of God permeates his attitude, character, and integrity. In all of these years, not one time did I ever doubt his motives, his sincere desire to honor God and to always, always do what was right. That godly character comes from a deep abiding relationship with God. The word says David was a man after God's own heart. I believe the same is true for Pastor Ray, a man after God's heart. The love for God precedes the love for people we show and express our love for God by loving people. I have never met anyone with a more genuine heart to love people. To Pastor Ray, there are no lost causes. No one is past the point of redemption. Everyone has value. I remember one night in youth group, he stated to the young people, we want the ones no one else wants. I believe he still lives by that credo being pastor isn't just a job because this church and his people is indelibly etched upon his heart his vision will take us this 100 year old church into the greatest days we've ever experienced on a personal note he is not just my pastor but a loyal friend a mentor a servant leader and my biggest encourager wednesday i celebrated my 25th anniversary at this church When I came to Harlem Park, I was an 18-year-old kid. I was invited to youth group by a friend, and I didn't know anything about being a Christian. However, from my first moments there, Pastor Ray made me feel like I was part of the group and made sure that I was connected and made friends. I remember when I told him years later I was called to ministry, and he simply said, I know. He scheduled me to preach right away and he's always pushed me forward. He's always saw potential and believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Paul says, pattern yourself after me, follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ. He has been a constant godly influence that has challenged and enriched my life in so many ways. He continually inspires me to pursue excellence, to be the best Christian and minister I can be. I know of no one I trust more or admire more than Pastor Ray. He is truly one of the best people I've ever known, and he's definitely one of a kind. So I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for never never allowing me to wallow in self-pity, for the fun times, for never giving up on me, for inviting me along on this mission for this church, for being someone I could always count on. I'm thankful for you and I love you very much. In closing, I wanna share a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. Pastor Ray, a great sign of character is to give selflessly, knowing that it may never be returned to you. We have all breathed easier because God has given to, you, given to you us a precious gift. We may never be able to return to you all that you have so selflessly given to us. But in our small way today, we thank you for the late night hospital visits the kindness you show to every person, the smiles, the passionate stories you tell, the straight talks that push us to be the best, the hugs, your sleepless nights filled with worry, the truth that you teach every week, and the godly example you show us, we thank you. I thank you. Look around at this beautiful congregation today. I can say with absolute confidence that God is indeed pleased with you. We love you, and we honor you today. Thank you.
11: take my own mic because if he got it he probably wouldn't share because he thinks I talk too much so
12: thanks (laughs) thanks Mo for those great words as well so uh, we are extremely honored uh, to to take this second to appreciate on our pastor I want to say thank you for letting us do that Um, it's really hard to put into words again like Mo said how uh, much he means to us so we decided to take a little twist and uh, put it into some pictures and uh, a top 10 list of why we love you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's start with number 10, please.
11: Huh? There should be a slideshow. They're lost. Oh, no. All right, well, we'll apologize for hacking some Facebook, but there were some really great pictures we wanted to share,
12: Uh, starting with... Yeah, number 10 uh, was a a fantastic picture of uh, Pastor Ray uh, a few years ago, and we decided to uh, kind of relate the fact that he looked really good with hair then, uh, and he still looks really good with maybe just a little less uh, now, so...
11: (laughs) Should we wait just a second? computer. Shall we keep going? Okay. Okay.
12: So number nine.
11: Number nine was a moment where we wanted to just honor the fact that you never, ever want to pass up a good challenge, especially when it involves kids, um, and showing off how awesome he is, which was a dare to eat multitude of jalapenos at one time, and it just about killed him in the restaurant. I'm telling you, the picture said it all. It was funny. He just, he just doesn't want to do anything to not impress the young people. That's for sure. <laughs> uh,
12: number eight was a picture of him going down one of those huge inflatables. Uh, and we kind of said that he never wants to grow up. He always is, you know, a child at heart. Um, and we love him for that, too.
11: Yes. And the seventh reason we love him so much is he dresses just so amazing. He's always top-notch had a picture of a, a him and his bow tie from the groundbreaking, and we just wanted to uh, you know, share that as well. Uh,
12: number six uh, was kind of, he is a human like us. He does have a celebrity crush, as I'm sure most of us have in our lifetimes. And it was a picture of him and Olivia, so.
11: Yes, his, his woman. Um. <laughs> The fifth thing kind of plays into that, obviously. She's Australian, right? And he loves to travel and learn all these different accents and talk in them regularly, pray in them regularly. Whatever mood fits him, he does love, love to travel and you know and incorporate the languages he hears on a regular basis. Uh,
12: number four was a picture of him and his entire family, um, the love that he has for his family. Um, It's a huge part of his ministry, and it's a huge example of, at least I know to myself, that how, you know, as an example, I should treat my family and and how much he loves them uh, on a regular basis.
11: Number three was not only, I promised I wouldn't cry, but not only does he love and appreciate the bond that he has with his own family, but he is so more than willing at all times to pour in to others as well. And it was just a picture of us and our kids, of Pastor Ray and our kids, um, how he never skips a beat to notice little things that all of us do um, and really pour into our lives in any way, shape, and form that he possibly can. So. Uh,
12: number two, um, many of you probably don't know, but he actually married my wife and I, so um, it was just kind of a, going along with that same idea. Um, he's such a blessing in our lives from the very beginning. I can remember coming to, uh, to church. Uh, and he was the youth pastor at the time, and I mean, he would literally sprint from the uh, choir loft down to get me before I get out of that door, just to let him know that he was thinking about me and wanted me to be here. So um, I remember that, and then obviously, you know, starting our relationship, uh, him being able to, uh, to unite us, that was a fantastic memory that we have. Um, and then still going on, you know, he pours into us uh, on a daily basis as well, so...
11: And the number one thing was a beautiful picture of the church. Um, I keep looking back like it's going to magically appear, but it's not there. (laughs) But we are so lucky that he loves his church the way he does. Um, He takes us all very seriously. He doesn't take his job lightly. He appreciates every single one that sits in this building. But most of all, we love having a pastor that is very transparent. It's black and white with him. There is no gray matter. He preaches the truth. He speaks the truth. He believes every word that is in that Bible that we read and that we we preach and that we listen to on a regular basis from him. And we are so honored to call you our pastor. We just really are. We just could not ask for anyone better. Um, You've been a blessing in our lives. I know you've been a blessing in every life that sits in these pews. Um, And we may be a little biased, but I truly believe that he's the best. There's not another pastor out there in this whole world that is any better than he is. So we're thankful
6: for that. Well, they say a picture says a thousand words. I think it was a God thing that the pictures didn't show up. Everybody enjoy them describing those pictures. I mean, that's someone, let's give them a hand today. That is someone who's paid close attention. I mean, they described it. You felt like you were there. You know, I could hear Ray's accent in the background. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. Pastor Ray, you know, you're my, you're my brother. You married your sister, you know, 28 years ago, and that, you know, began this bomb between us. We've always been friends, um, and over the course of time, I can look back to helping in the back at Oasis when you were a youth pastor, and I remember uh, me and Angie, you know, raising the girls, and they were little, and I think you were the first one, and Melissa kind of brought that out, where you looked at me, and you said, you know, I think I see a hint of youth ministry in you, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, God was just, you know, kind of doing something inside me, and, um, you know, since then, you've always been just such a great friend, great brother, but you've developed into this mentor in my life, someone I look to, and, of course, you're my pastor, and I love you very much, very much. Thank you for all that you do. Now, that was my words, and, uh, but my prayer was that I would be able to get up here because I'm speaking for God, that I would have God's word for pastor. So my first part was short, which was kind of cool, so if the long part is second, it's not me, it's God, so you've got to blame him. So uh, yeah, don't get upset about that. But I, I'm aware of the time, and I understand that we've got a lot to do today. But uh, if we just stand quickly for the reading of God's Word, we'll get started. Second Chronicles 16 and 9, it's a scripture that many of us are familiar with. But when I was praying, God laid this on my heart, and He developed it for me. And this is what God has for our pastor today. Second Chronicles 16 and 9, the Bible says that, For, I, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, To show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Dear Heavenly Father, we worship you this day. We thank you, we honor you, we glorify you for who you are. And God, we as a congregation are very thankful today for the pastor and the shepherd you've placed over us. We recognize that your hand has been in his life and that God, we are... We are thankful today, God, that you've placed him here in this house and that he's able to pour into us and be there for us. And, and God, for him today, we celebrate his life. We celebrate your call on his life. And we pray, God, that you would allow him to be strengthened today, that he would be strengthened today, God. And for the rest of us in this room, God, I would pray you would give us an ear to hear your word, a heart to respond to your word, Because, God, you're constantly and continually moving in the hearts of people. So, God, I pray that in this congregation of people this morning, by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. So, from the beginning of time, we can see that that God, his eyes were looking back and forth throughout this earth, looking for somebody, somebody that he could be strong on their behalf whose heart was turned towards him. We can look back to how God got to that place. How did he get there? There was a point where in the heaven, you know, Lucifer wanted to be like God. And so somehow he convinced legions of angels to try to vote for him, almost like a popularity type contest, if you will. We don't know a whole lot about it, but what we do know is that Satan was cast out of heaven like lightning falling to the ground and a third of his angels were were cast out with him. That process, that broken fellowship that took place in the heavens caused something to happen in God's heart, I believe. And that is where he got together, the Trinity got together and they began to form man in his image. The first man, Adam, who was formed from the dust of the ground, who we sang about here a little bit ago, and God breathed life into Adam there was a place where he pulled out of the rib of Adam and he creates Eve, the woman. And now we've got humanity, humanity who has the breath of God inside them. And now as they've got the breath of God inside them, they've been given a mandate to tend the garden and have fellowship basically with God through obedience. We know the story. I don't have time to get into that, but we know that the fellowship was broken by sin when God come looking for man. His eyes go back and forth throughout this earth looking for somebody to be strong on their behalf because their hearts turned towards him. But now man's heart has turned away from him and is hiding in the garden, trying to hide the result of a life that went away from God's obedience and being obedient to him. Why did that happen? Because God was looking for a man. We go a thousand years later, we can see that the world had took a turn. We've got Noah now. And, and the Bible says it this way in Genesis six and five, and God saw his eyes. He's, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the hearts or the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. It grieved God's heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For repenteth me that I even made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes or the sight of the Lord. God evaluated his creation. He found that the heart of man had turned evil. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because God was looking for a man. We go a thousand years later, approximately, and we can see that now this fellowship begins to go a different direction. And we see that now Abraham has gotten to this place where him and Sarah, who uh, at a hundred years old and Sarah at 90 and Abraham at a hundred had, had the promise come through that they were going to have a child and they tried to do it their own way and go in their own direction. And we all know the story. We don't have time for that, but we know that there's this place and As Zechariah was brought up to the fellowship this morning, we're able to see him for the first time as a congregation. It it gets me at my heart, Tyler, because I think about Abraham walking up that mountain. Abraham walking up with his only begotten son, the son of the promise, if you will. And as they're going up the mountain, they've got the wood, they've got everything they need to sacrifice, and they get there and. They lay Isaac on the altar. They've got everything they need. Abraham's got the knife in his hand. And as he raises that knife and getting ready to follow through what he would feel to be obedience in that moment, God stops him. the angel of the Lord stops him and says, now I know you fear me. And in that process, he said, Abraham... Your seed is going to be like the stars of the sky and like the sand by the seashore. And by the way, that is continuing to this day. You may be in this place to add to that number. If you don't know Jesus, you'll have that opportunity in a little bit. But we know this, that in Abraham's day, God was looking for a man. We go on to see the next story I want to share as we hit a few of these is Joseph the dreamer. We see in Genesis chapter 37, we've got this man named Joseph who's the youngest brother in his family. There's a jealousy that broke out in the family because Joseph had this dream and he was given a coat by his father. And we know the story, the coat of many colors, because he had favor from the father. And through this process of time, he's thrown in a pit and pulled out of the pit and sold into slavery because they thought they could get a benefit out of him. Finds himself into a prison system. And the prison system, God's hands on him, he rises to a place of leadership only to be attacked by Potiphar's wife and thrown back in because of false accusations about his life and what he did or didn't do. And through that, he rises back up because God's hand is on him. And he gets to a place in Pharaoh's house where he's like the man in the kingdom. He's in charge. And now there's a famine in the land. We all know the story. And here comes his family. They're coming from afar off because they had heard that there was corn in Egypt. And as they get there, he gets to this place in Genesis 50 and 20 where his brothers are standing before him and he looks at him and he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save many people alive. Because in Joseph's day, God was looking for a man. Moses was born in Egypt and we read about that in Exodus chapter 2. He was born at a time when the Hebrew children were were being slaughtered and killed and here his mother was was in Pharaoh's house and so now he's born and they they make this little ark of bulrushes and they place him in the Nile River because they're trying to protect Their son. Oh, it's ultimately God's hand on him, but they place him in the Nile River, and as time goes on, he's raised in Egypt. He's raised in the culture, and he gets to a place where something in his heart does not agree with the culture, and he finds himself after 40 years going to a place, fleeing to the desert of Midian, to be to be under his father-in-law, Jephthah, to learn what it was like to tend sheep out in the middle of nowhere. He learns the principles of a shepherd only to have God come to him, Connie, at a burning bush and to call him back to the place of culture that he spent 40 years in. We know the story. There's 10 plagues that take place and Pharaoh's army basically it looks as though they chase him out of there to find a brick wall at the Red Sea and then that staff that Pastor Brian talked about that Moses was trying to hold up there in the wilderness, that's that staff that he raises at the Red Sea and the waters part and almost 2 million people go across on dry land because why? God's people were delivered because God was looking for a man. Joshua in Deuteronomy 31 takes over for Moses. And we see there in that story how how it's uh, almost like a transition that takes place. And now Joshua, for 25, or I guess it was was, um, 25 years, he leads the people. And this is what it says in Joshua 24 and 15. This is what Joshua challenged the people with. He said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua drew a line in in the sand, if you will, at the middle of his culture, and he challenged them to choose this day whom you will serve. Which path, which direction are you gonna go? Why did he do that? Because in his day, God was looking for a man. The people wanted to plan God and and, and they wanted to have their own king, if you will. And we look through the process of the judges and how all that played out. And it gets to this place where now God was the people's king. God was the one they looked to, but now they begin to look at the culture and, and how's the culture reacting? Well, the culture had their own kings who had got to this time and this place, if you will, in the Bible where all of a sudden now the people wanted to choose their own man. And through the process of time, we read about it in 1 Samuel 9 and 2. It said there was a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a godly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Saul was a man that stood out in the crowd. Saul was a man that they they chose to be their king. But what happened with Saul... We read about it in 1 Samuel 16 and 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. He said, Because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God doesn't see as man sees. So we see here that in in Saul's day, God was still looking for a man. God chooses David to be the king. We read this in 1 Samuel 16. Samuel was sent by God to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king. Son by son by son, brother by brother by brother, passed before him, and he doesn't get the confirmation from God that that's the one. And all of a sudden, he asked him, he says, Jesse, do you have any other sons? Samuel asked him that question. He says, I've got one. He's way out here in the field, and he's tending sheep. He said, fetch him for me. Bring him here. I could see it just like it was. And here comes David. He comes in before him. And the moment he sees him, Samuel says, from God, he says, that's the one. And he anoints him to be the next king. We know all about David's story. We know all about the exploits he did. We know all about the way he wrote most of the Psalms. And when you look at David's life, you look at all the things that God did through him. It all took place because God was looking for a man. There's so many more we could look at. Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, Josiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Esther. Yes, when we talk about looking for a man, he's looking for a woman. He's looking into the heart of humanity. He's looking at the heart of humanity. Who can he prove himself through? Are you here today? Have you answered the call? Have you let God speak to your heart? And have you accepted him into your heart? I'm telling you, God's eyes are looking through this place right now. He's looking into the heart of his people and he's looking for someone that he can prove himself through. Amen. Nehemiah, there's so many more, all because God was looking to prove himself through humanity. Jesus, the only begotten of the Father. Think about this. The culture had gotten to a place, it got into a time where it seemed as though through the minor prophets that man was getting, humanity was getting farther and farther away from the things of God. They began to twist and to pervert, if you will, the things that God had given Moses as a mandate for the tabernacle and the sacrifice and all those things. And we don't have time to elaborate on all that. But what we know is that when God looked down on man, he couldn't find anybody at that time that could be the sacrifice. So he sent his only begotten son to this earth to be born of a virgin, to be born in Bethlehem. And this is what Paul's writing said about him, about his mind and Philippians 2 and 5 he says let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus who being in the image of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant was made in the likeness of a man being found in the fashion of a man he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death even the death of a cross Wherefore God has also given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and of things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Why did that happen? Because God was looking for a man. In Timothy it was written that there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus we understand that he was God in the flesh, but he went through the components and he went through the affliction and he went through the temptation, if you will, that we all suffer with. He, Jesus paid the price for each and every one of us. And Jesus didn't stop. He went and he pulled disciples to him and he began to pour into them one by one by one. During the 40 days of ascension, we can see that he got to a place where he he spoke to the Apostle Paul and he pulled him and called him into the ministry. And there the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus answered the call. Why did that happen? I'm telling you it happened because God was looking for a man. We can look at our own church. We can look at the history of our church in 1915 on Auburn Street. The Morrisons opened up their house to uh, have prayer and to have fellowship and to read the Bible with a Bible study. That congregation has brought about the fruit that we have right here this morning. There it began something that God had in his heart. Why? Because God, his eyes were looking back and forth through the hearts of humanity. He was looking for a group of people he could prove himself through. In 1915, it began. In 1920, we see that things took a shift. And they moved over to Clayton Street under the leadership of J.D. Wilson. In 1966, we can see out of Haskell Jenkins that they begin to grow on Clayton Street all because God was looking for a man. We can go on to 1973 where Pastor Jack Adams was the one that led the congregation over to the Harlem Park Church of God. And it was there that this church would continue to grow to the place where it outgrew that building and outgrew that facility. So in 1992, we moved into this facility under the leadership of W.D. Watkins. That happened because God was looking for a man. And I'm here to declare to you today that something happened in July of 1981. (laughs) And it happened at the top of Hare Arena. And Pastor Ray, he answered the call, and he thought it was just a connection between him and God. He thought it was just a personal little encounter. He had some sin in his life. He had some things like a lot of us, Ron Ward, that maybe weren't right between him and God. He had been separated from God and conviction had hit his heart and he hit that altar and in that time, in that place, his heart was given to God. We've heard this story. And in 1989, and boy, we got video and we're gonna show it. I think it might be at the 100th year anniversary this fall. But we were there the night that... that He was endorsed as the youth pastor of this church over at the Harlem Park. And there he would serve for 18 years as a youth pastor. He would eight years ago step into, and I will say against his own will to an extent, took a lot of prayer, into being the senior pastor of this church. And for eight years he has led us, he has poured into us, he has developed leadership. There have been churches, that would have died in Dayton, Ohio, without the leadership of our pastor. But you know what? Pastor Brad, you and Stephanie are there doing a work that is not only of God, but it's because of the mentorship that's been poured into you two. And I say all that, and the word for you, Pastor Ray, is because God was looking for a man. I'm going to conclude and I'd ask us all to stand to our feet. I don't know where you are with every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know that there's not a future Pastor Ray in this house. I don't know that just like in Hare Arena, I don't know what the message was in that day, but I know this. I know God was looking for the heart of humanity in that day. He was looking for a man, he was looking for a woman in that congregation that he could prove himself through, that he could pour himself into and he could use for his glory. Are you in this house today? Is that you? Have you not given your heart to Christ? I want to give you an opportunity on this glorious day where we are acknowledging our pastor and appreciating him. I don't want to sidestep the fact that there may be somebody in this house that is lost. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you, I just ask you simply to raise your hand. Simply raise your hand. We're going to say a prayer. And in that prayer, in itself, you're going to be able to just ask Jesus into your heart. Is there anybody in here that needs to give your heart to Jesus today? Amen. We've got one. Is there anybody else that wants to give their heart to Jesus today? He's looking for you. He's been looking for you a lot longer than you've been looking for him. He desires your heart today. If you're here and you're lost, I'm just going to give you just a few more seconds to respond to the call of God. All right. We've got one we're going to lead to the throne. If you all will just join me in this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I recognize I cannot save myself. But I recognize Jesus, you are the Son of God. You gave your life for me on a cross. And you went to the grave and you rose on the third day for me. And I accept you in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I would like if, if we could, Pastor Ray, we'd like you to come up front and center. I would like all the staff to come up and we're all going to gather around Pastor, and we're going to say a prayer over him so if we just kind of gather in tight around Pastor here he's the man of the hour he's the one god has placed over us and we can't take that for granted there are battles that he battles that that you and i will never know about he takes on our battles he takes on our struggles I don't want to allude to that too much, but I can tell you right now that it wears on his body. It wears on his his infrastructure and and, and his body and and the way God's designed him. He's human. Just like Jesus going to the cross, he had to endure the the contradiction of sinners and the affliction, but I'm telling you, we need to be uplifting our pastor. We need to be holding him up every day in prayer. So as we pray over him, I want each and every one of us in this place if you just take a minute and stretch your hand out I would like the family Debbie, the girls, come on up here in behind the staff and just come on up here and, and I want you to pray around Pastor Ray right now James, come on up here Tyler, if you can, I understand if you can as many as the family want let's come on up here and gather around our pastor I'm going to put the mic down for a little bit I just want you to stretch your hand while we pray for him
3: I just wanna stay. In Jesus' name, I just wanna stay. Your word proclaim, no matter what people say, no matter what comes my way, I just wanna stay. Mm, I just wanna I just wanna stay your word proclaim no matter what people say, no matter what comes my way, I just wanna stay. Oh Lord, I just wanna stay in Jesus' name. I just wanna stay your word. Proclaim, matter what people say, matter what comes. comes I
7: just I want you this morning to put your hand on your own heart. You've come here today, and I thank you for for us all being together to honor the pastor of the church, whoever he is. But I want I want God to work on you. I wanted to touch you this morning. There's some of you in here today, you need strength. You need God to, to fill you up with strength. And you need healing. and You need God to give you answers to questions and guidance. And you need Him. So thankful for the good word that's come back to us, Sister Dini, on little Jacob, the three-year-old. I've come back, I've been out of town this week. I came back to find out that he has got a brand new little three-year-old heart and he is doing fantastic took him off oxygen and he's doing wonderful we praise God for that we thank God for that brother Ron Carter Ron Carter is now working on his second week with a brand new heart transplant and he's doing fantastic God has touched him Linda are you still healed Linda Linda Robinson is healed today so many people sharon was in emergency room this weekend and god has touched her turned it around in just a couple of hours she was headed in the wrong direction but god turned her right around and gave her healing touch this morning we're so thrilled we honor god for his touch now you've got your hand on your heart i know i started talking but i want to pray over you i want to pray over your family if you're next to your wife or your husband reach over and take them by the hand this church will only be as strong as we remember it's the heart before God. Amen. Father, I pray over every family. I pray over every life, every heart. I pray over every physical body. Lord, we pray for healing today. I pray in the name of Jesus for your work to be accomplished and done in every heart. God, everybody that needs strength, everyone that needs your touch, if they need guidance and wisdom, they need the anointing of the Spirit of God as they're making decisions, I pray in the name of the Lord you'd be with them today. Let them leave here with a powerful touch of God and let the mighty hand of the Lord guide them and keep them in all their ways i pray for healing across this congregation i pray lord for restoration for families i pray in the name of jesus for husbands and wives and sons and daughters lord grandchildren i pray over them i pray by your power lord that we claim them for the kingdom work if there are unsaved sons and daughters we come against the lies and deception of this world and pray god for freedom in their heart and mind to know your love and to receive you as their Savior. We pray in the name of Jesus for every need to be met. And Lord, we thank you. We all honor you that this is our season together. It's not just mine, but Lord, we're all together carrying the torch of this 100-year-old church. Lord, it was started by people we didn't even know. But Lord, today we carry the torch because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, we thank you that this is a church not built on a denomination, not built on a city or not a man but this is a church that is built on the rock solid christ jesus the savior the king of kings and lord of lords and we give you the praise today for lord the very gates of hell will prevail will try to prevail against her try to attack her and try to knock her down and lord we've come through world war one We've come through World War II. We've come through the Vietnam War, the desert storm. We've come through terrorism in our country. We've come through economic crashes and disasters. But Lord, we stand today as a fireball in the city of Middletown because it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit we stand on the rock we thank you today we honor you today and we leave out of here today saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord Lord anoint us together lead us into the future as we look out over this hill God we dedicate every brick we dedicate every inch Lord, to your glory to your honor and to your name as we go forth in the community touch over this this city Lord, wanting to be a light and a witness and an example to all of them. We thank you for this today. And I pray over our people, asking it all in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
9: Amen. Let's give it up for our pastor one more time. Amen. We are getting ready to go back. We are having an appetizer reception before you go off to lunch. We want you to mingle around, talk to our pastor. We'll give you a little bit of instruction, but we need to take care of one more piece of business. Young people, if you are going to Tennessee, would you raise your hand? Going to Teen Talent, raise your hand. You see these people over here? We are going to pray that God would be with them. Several categories, four, four or five different categories that they've won for. They are getting ready to head to Tennessee to Teen Talent every church of God in the world is sending people to Tennessee this, this week and they're going to be there and be a part of that compete we're going to pray that God protect them bless them and just be with them this week alright if you would pray with me dear heavenly father in the name of Jesus God we pray that you would touch Cameron and the team that's going down to Tennessee to Teen talent pray that you would just bless them as they honor you with their talents God we pray that you would bless them and honor them just touch them and be with them give them a great week God and if it be your will bless them with wonderful trophies God and re- them, Lord, for their faithfulness. Lord, we just praise you and thank you. Pray that you touch them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With that being said, we want to dismiss the pastor and his family back to the reception first. God bless you all. God bless you all. We'll give them a couple minutes, a little bit of instruction. When you go back, you'll go back through the doors on this side, out of the foyer into the gym. And as you go back, you'll see some white tables in the middle of the room. Those are for our senior adults. Those are reserved seating for our senior adults to have a seat. If you are younger and you think you're younger, don't sit in those seats. We want those for our senior adults. As pastor's family goes, we appreciate